Welcome to Follow the Data. I'm your host, Katherine Oliver. The pandemic has forced many to change their diet and exercise routines, and governments around the world are weighing how to encourage citizens to eat healthier and to get active again. In the UK, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is reviewing a report recommending a salt and sugar reformation tax, a first-of-its-kind policy which would add a three-pound tax per kilogram of sugar sold at wholesale and a six-pound tax per kilogram of salt sold at wholesale. If enacted, the tax would help fund an expansion of free school meals to 1.1 million more children in Britain. Healthy food policies help move more people toward healthier diets, but a lack of research expertise is a barrier to guiding national policies in countries around the world. The Vital Strategies Healthy Food Policy Fellowship, funded by Bloomberg Philanthropies, supports outstanding Ph.D. candidates from Barbados, Brazil, Colombia, Jamaica, Mexico, or South Africa, who are committed to creating healthier food environments through public policy. The fellowship supports students from these countries as they are focused countries for Bloomberg Philanthropies' food policy program. Ahead of U.N. International Youth Day, Christine Momanyi of our food policy team sits down with Trish Muzenda, Joanna Cruz, and Nicholas Guzman, three healthy food policy fellows, to discuss promising food policies and the fellowship program. I'm thrilled to welcome the Vital Strategies Healthy Food Policy Fellows to the podcast. You three were most recently chosen as the newest Healthy Food Policy Fellows and will be starting your PhD programs this fall. How about we jump in and maybe you can tell our listeners where you're joining from, what you intend to study in the fall, and where you'll be studying. Thank you so much, Christine. It's an honor to talk to you. I'm from Sao Paulo, Brazil. I am a lawyer and a researcher focused on human rights and public health. I intend to study healthy food regulatory policies in Latin America with a human rights perspective in the PhD in law program at Nova University in Lisbon. Hi, everyone. This is Nicolas Guzman. I'm from Colombia. Right now, I am very excited to start a PhD in international health with a concentration in health system, looking at specialization in health economic at the John Hopkins University. My name is Trish Muzenda, and I'm currently based in Cape Town, South Africa. So I'll be studying towards a PhD in medical science at the University of Cambridge. Uh, my research topic will be centered around understanding the food policy landscape in South Africa, and I'm really looking forward to being part of this program. Thanks so much, everyone, for, for sharing that and joining us today. So maybe we can start by transporting our listeners to your countries. Can you tell us a little bit about the food environment in your country and also tell us how you would like to impact it? I grew up eating traditional homemade Brazilian and Armenian food. Traditional food from Brazil and Armenian is food made with natura elements, such as a lot of rice, red meat, vegetables. It's very different from the ultra-processed food that is available, for instance, in school breaks. This ultra-processed food is highly industrialized food with a lot of salt, sugar, and fat in it. 
I would like my research and my professional activity to impact Brazil's food environment to promote healthier food choices. Regulatory policies that enable healthy dietary habits, such as promoting democratic access to organic and in natura food, together with regulatory policies that prevent unhealthy food consumption, are fundamental to promote health equity and to bring effectiveness to human rights. Thank you, Joanna. And Nicholas, would you mind transporting us to Colombia and telling us about the food environment and how you would like to make an impact? Colombia has a very productive land. It's a country very rich in fruits and vegetables and other products. Uh, unfortunately, there is currently a high supply and advertising of ultra-processed food. It has changed the eating habits. For example, in some very poor areas, people no longer consume water, but rather sugar drink. Because of that, I can't see myself working in food policies and NCDs topics. Of course, I want to work in research. However, I don't want to stay only on that. I want to use my training in public, uh, my, my training to impact the public policies and health and food. I imagine a food policy that promotes the healthy environment. Thank you, Nicholas. That was, that was really interesting to hear about the sugary drink consumption and how things have changed. And finally, Trish, um, it would be great if you could answer the same question. Tell us about your food environment and how you'd like to make an impact. I was born and raised in Harare, Zimbabwe. And so growing up, my diet mostly consisted of home-cooked uh, meals prepared by one of my family members. Being home-cooked uh, meals, um, the traditional meal in Zimbabwe would be your starch, which is usually sadza, uh, sort of a maize meal paste, if you will, um, vegetables and the side of meat on the side. And that was pretty much most of my diet growing up. And then when I was now around 18 years old and I moved to South Africa, where I'm currently based, I had this newfound independence and freedom of choice as to what I, I could actually, what are the types of food that I could consume. And so naturally, I think you tend to go for the newer things in your space, right? And so for the first couple of years, I indulged <laughs> and, um, and, you know, in your fast food and highly processed food. And reflecting on that now, it was Mostly because it was much easier to access, you know. So as a student, you sometimes had a beta schedule. So it was easier to just get the food that's quick, easy, and perceivably more palatable. And based on that experience and where I am now, as I reflect on it, I think one of the things I'd really like to change about the food environment in South Africa is to make healthier food options the easier choice. And so this is different ways of doing it, right? So one of the ways would be to actually just generally increase the availability as well as the pricing of the healthier food alternatives. I think another important thing is, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, healthy food is boring. Like, you know, sometimes when you're speaking to younger children, you know, McDonald's versus your vegetables, <laughs> you might have a little bit of a fightback, pushback there. So I think one of the most important things also is around, you know, sharing of recipes and uh, methods on how to make healthy food tastier. A question that I'd love for you to, to answer for us is, what does food mean to you? How do you relate to food? So food to me, it's food is life. There's a quote that I like by Virginia Woolf from A Room of One's Own. And the quote goes something like, um, one cannot think well, love well, sleep well, 
if one has not dined well. And so this quote pretty much encapsulates my views on food. It's what, you know, getting up in the morning, it's what gives me the fuel to get up and do my work or get up and do all the day-to-day -day activities that I've outlined for myself. And on the other end, it's very much an integral part of my social and cultural interactions, both with friends, family, and colleagues. So it's, it's an important aspect of my life. And as such, I would say, you know, food is very much food is life. That's such a wonderful quote. Nicholas, I recall when you were talking about the food environment that you would like to use your training to impact it in various ways. What moved you to pursue a degree in your chosen field of study? I have uh, always been very motivated to help people, especially the most vulnerable. I found that a good way to do that is to impact the public policies. No? In Colombia, the economic factor is very, very important to design and implementation of the public policies since resources in Colombia are limited. But there are a few people with training in this field. For instance, currently, civil organizations, stakeholders, and research community that are working in healthy food policy issues that are confronting with economic issues. This has be, become difficult since many of them don't have experience in political economy. And when they do, they don't always have experience in health issues. This is a big problem because of that I want to choose this problem. So you'd like to be one of the unicorns in the field and, and really uh, share your experience and expertise in both areas to impact the environment. That sounds amazing. If someone is listening and interested in pursuing a similar PhD program or is interested in this fellowship, what kind of advice would you give them? I think the most important is uh, belief in yourself. You know, I am a nurse, and it's kind of hard to move to from that field to health, economy, and policies. But that is possible. Because of that, you need to make a clear plan and always think the, the health of the others. Many people will be happy to help you. That's great. And in your background as a nurse, I'm sure will definitely come in handy when you're pursuing your degree and, and your compassion for others and, and caring for others. I'd like to talk a little bit about the promising food policies that have been passed in your countries. For example, the health promotion levy in South Africa, new front of package warning labels in Colombia and Brazil. And Joanna, I'd like to know your take on these policies. I believe front of package labeling containing warnings about sugar, fat, and salt and ultra-processed foods is very important to reduce the information asymmetry between consumers and the food industry. It's a valuable tool to promote healthy food choices. It can be used as a standard to marketing restrictions of unhealthy food as seen in the Chile experience. I believe that healthy food policies are fundamental to promote healthier food choices in countries. In many countries, there are unhealthy food environments and major industry interference in food policies. Policies directed to public health are very important to change the scenario in favor of public interest. 
healthy food policies can represent an important step in the direction of social justice and democratic access to healthy food choices. I, I want to say that the most important thing to say, these policies option are supported by the evidence. It's a so important thing. This is the, the way to create healthy environments which allowed people to choose the healthier foods. Thank you for your thoughts about healthy food policies. And we're so excited to have you in this fellowship and to support you in your future careers. So it would be great if you could tell the listeners a little bit about what it's like being a part of this fellowship. It's an honor to be a healthy food fellow. This is an amazing opportunity, and I couldn't be more grateful to Vital Strategies and Bloomberg Philanthropies. I am very excited to initiate my research, and I hope I can contribute to promote significant public health impact through my PhD research on healthy food policies. For me, being part of um, this, the Healthy Food uh, Policy Fellowship has been such an enlightening experience so far. I think um, one of the things when you're working within the food policy workspace is that it's very diverse and, and it's very transdisciplinary. And so sometimes one can often feel like you, you don't really necessarily belong to a specific niche or subgroup within that. And so being part of the uh, Healthy Food Policy Fellow has been great in that it has exposed me to a whole network of people who are coming from different backgrounds and have different interests, but Overarchingly, we are all trying to contribute towards healthy food policies and ultimately create better food environments as well as consumer environments. And so that has been something that's really great. Another thing that I've quite enjoyed is the information and knowledge sharing um, within Vital Strategy as well as, as the other partners. And that so people share what is going on in their part of the world, any new research or any new policy notes or information that's out there. So that has been really great. That's wonderful to hear. Nicholas, what is one thing you hope to gain from this fellowship experience? I hope to learn a lot from my colleagues and generate the opportunity to work together, to build international correlation network, because many of the problems are similar across the country. Only, I would say, uh, only the context changes, but the problems are similar. You've told us that you all are going to be studying in a new place, in a new country. It would be great for you to share with us what you're most looking forward to experiencing in this new place. I'm eager to start my studies and to be back to the academic environment, especially in such a great program and university. Of course, I'm also really looking forward to eat Portuguese traditional food, which is delicious, and to taste many varieties of bacalhau, or you can also, which is the same of codfish, that are available in Portugal. Nice. So I'm assuming bacalhau is, is one of your favorite foods. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's great. And so, Nicholas, you'll be traveling abroad as well. Tell us what you're looking forward to. Many things will be new because this is my first time I will travel to United States. I am very excited and nervous. I am so happy for this opportunity. Learn from many cultures, 
I think United States uh, is a good opportunity to meet people because of that is so happy. Nicholas, you're going to have an amazing experience in Baltimore. Trish, what are you most looking forward to? Um, similar to Nicholas, I'm really looking forward to you know meeting new people, uh, particularly coming out of you know um, lock, a lot of series of lockdowns and <laughs> that sort of thing with um, with the pandemic. So that'd be really exciting. I'm also looking forward to um, I'll finally be forced to learn how to cycle. Uh, so I hear that Cambridge is a very as <laughs> a cycling um, city. So I'm looking forward to once again trying to ride a bicycle and hopefully this time I will get it right. <laughs> I think you all will have wonderful experiences in new countries and will have plenty of stories to share. We're looking forward to welcoming a new cohort of fellows to join you all on this journey. Applications will be released in October 2021 and can be accessed on vitalstrategies.org. I hear the excitement and the anxiety in your voices, but we are confident that you will have an amazing journey. And so in this time of anticipation for this new experience, could you please share maybe one piece of advice for anyone who is considering applying to the fellowship? I guess my advice would be, if you're passionate about promoting social change through healthy food policies, be sure to present this information in your application. Fellows have a very important role in the public health policies. On the technical side, I guess, um, I think uh, one of the, when preparing your application, do take some time, do take your time to write up the application. Um, trust me, it will go through a lot of series of revisions, <laughs> so do allocate time for that. And also just always um, seek out support when needed, so you can always ask feel free to ask questions where you don't understand anything within the application process. And um, someone from the team will definitely reach out to you. My advice is work on the application ahead of the time. It's so important. And try to show on your application your passion to impact the public policies. Thanks, everyone. Obviously, you did an amazing job on your applications, and you are now Healthy Food Policy Fellows, and you are the future of food policy. Again, we are so excited to hear from you today, and thank you for joining us, and surely we'll hear from you and see you soon. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Follow the Data. You can learn more about the Vital Strategies Healthy Food Policy Fellowship funded by Bloomberg Philanthropies at vitalstrategies.org. Many thanks to Christine Mumanyi, Trish Muzenda, Joanna Cruz, and Nicholas Guzman for joining us. Kindly note the views of the podcast guests are entirely their own, and Bloomberg Philanthropies hasn't independently verified any of the statements made by this week's podcast guests. If you have haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to Follow the Data. This episode was created by Amy Jun, Sarah Washington Gogan, Devin Alessio, Allison Crone, Jean Weinberg, Christine Momanyi, Nina Prasad, Pallavi Puri, and John Young. As our founder, Mike Bloomberg, says, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So until next time, keep following the data. I'm Catherine Oliver. Thanks for listening.